Hey everyone, good morning. Um, my name is Joel. I'm one of the pastors here at Resurrection City. Like Julie said, we are going to be uh, changing things up today. And so now what I actually want to do is walk us through um, through what would normally be our, our sermon uh, this morning, where we walk through scripture and see what God has to say for us. And um, we, we made the decision to change our normal uh, Sunday. Um, what, what we've been talking about, we had been going to the book of John, but this is not a normal Sunday and this is not a normal week. Um, and it would have been, uh, we realized early in the week, it would have been um, uh, wrong for us to not address that and acknowledge it and to talk about what God has to say about what has been happening uh, in our city, in our nation this week, but, but also for, for a long time. Um, we realize that this has been a turbulent, um, turbulent year so far for people. Uh, we're in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, a few weeks ago, we all saw the shocking images of Ahmad Arbery. Um, but then I think what probably hit, has hit us all the hardest is when uh, on Monday Monday evening, most of us saw this on Tuesday probably, we many of us watched a video uh, of a man named George Floyd um, who was uh, pleading with a cop to let him do something as simple as, as breathe. And for no uh, discernible reason other than that he's a black man, he was denied that. Um, and we watched in horror as, as that led to his death. Uh, we saw um, all week uh, the response to this uh, event that was, I think, truly demonic. Like I, I think it, it's okay for us to use language like that, like strong language, calling this evil, calling it, it de- truly demonic, as sort of a hu- human evil pushed to its extreme uh, by a force that, it, that, is, that is beyond it. Um, but works in the mi- in midst of it, and, and I can I confess to you all this week that I have felt like, helpless at times. Um, I felt as if, you know, what what can we do? What can I do to make the change? Um, you know, and, and this is not the first time that that we've seen this. Um, and I I saw a different protesters, people who have been protesting the week, speaking of like a sort of a, a weariness that they have felt. Um, uh, and and this is just the last. This is just. The, the breaking point for many people. Um, and uh, I think for, for those of us who, who feel helpless, who feel like we, we don't know what to do, um, that can lead us to do nothing. Um, and we, we can't let that happen. Um, we have no choice. We must respond. Um, and this uh, holy God is not going to let us not do that. We're going to talk about that today. And I know how easy it's going to be for um, many of us, you know, the riots, we're, we're praying that they stop. It seems like their um, last night was better. Our, our hope is that they continue to stop. Um, but it's going to be so easy for us. You know, like I said, we're in the midst of a pandemic. We're opening back society up from that. It's summer. People are getting ready to go take care of summer plans, go to lakes. Um, it's going to be really easy for us to move on from this, and uh, especially those of us who are white. And we cannot let that happen, all right? That needs to be uh, something that we uh, are deciding right now. And that's a decision we, we're making at Res City. That This isn't a, a one-off tragedy. We, we can't treat it like that. Um, and, and I want to let all of, all of our black friends and brothers and sisters know that we, we are w- with you in this. Um, we understand that... Uh, Racism and injustice is a is a pandemic that has been with us for far longer than coronavirus, um, and it's going to be with us uh, even after we get a vaccine to that. And 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 it's a it's a greater thing. It's a, it's a more uh, terrifying thing that's working in our world right now. And 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 yeah, we're we're acknowledging that. Um, and 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 I think 
you know, going back uh, a, a few months even, right right when the pandemic kind of started, I remember um, I kind of wanted to be reading something in the Bible that was not um, <laughs> not related to what we were talking about with the pandemic, and, and I try to do that from time to time, and um, just something for, for myself that is going to cause my heart to grow in some other way. And for some reason or another, and I, don't, I didn't know why at the time, I don't know, I'm not necessarily saying... Uh, that it was a prophetic thing or anything like that, but I just found myself in the book of Amos, um, and the stuff I read in there kind of kind of stuck with me, and I found myself returning back to it um, this week. Um, and so, as we were deciding what what do we talk about in Scripture when we talk about how God feels about what what we're seeing, um, this felt like a very natural place to go. Um, and so, I want to share uh, the thoughts with you this morning that I had back then at Amos, the things that I couldn't really move on from, and the things that came back to me again this week. Um, now, the book of Amos is is a book in the Old Testament. It's written by a prophet, a guy named uh, Amos, who is a, actually a shepherd, um, who um, uh, is speaking as a prophet of God um, to people in his time. And he's speaking uh, to the people of Israel, who are God's holy people, who are who are this chosen group of people that we read about in the Bible that were supposed to be God's uh, blessing to the world. Um, and and so we, we we start the book off in in Amos. Uh, chapter 1, verse 2. So right at the very beginning of the book. Um, and, and this should be up on the screen here. Um, uh, we're, we're alerted to the mood that God is in at the very beginning of the book. It starts out where, where we're told that the Lord roars from Zion and he thunders from Jerusalem. So we get two pictures right off the bat to sort of describe where God is at. And he describes himself. He's sitting in his holy temple, Right, the place where he uh, surveys the, the earth and, and, and brings uh, justice and mercy and is sovereign over it. And first off, we see him as a lion, sort of surveying the fields and the forests as king of the jungle, uh, letting everybody know that they're there and they're on the hunt. Um, and then with the second image we get is of this coming storm. It's building up power and, and speed, and it is soon going to sweep over the area. And the storm that is building, as we continue on in the book of Amos, the storm that is building, we see, is judgment for injustice. That's pure and simple what the book of Amos is about, is God's response to evil and injustice. And so Amos moves on from there, um, starting in verse 3 and kind of continuing on to the beginning of chapter 2 in verse 3. Uh, we, we walk through several different nations that God is calling out for their injustice. This is what the Lord says, for three sins of Damascus, Gaza, Tyre, Edom, Ammon, Moab. So these nations that are around Israel are deserving of judgment for injustice. And God lists the different things that he abhors in these nations. Things like slavery, genocide, uh, what we might think of as, as like a race war today. These are the things that God is angry at. And he's calling these nations to, uh, to, to understand their injustice and to saying that judgment is coming. Um, and, and if you're an Israelite, you're reading this when Amos is, is first, you're first laying eyes on this, and you're excited because you understand, oh yeah, there's lots of injustice out there. We're glad that God is doing something about it. Um, you want to see justice done for these evildoers. You're, you're, you're happy to celebrate that something's happening, okay? But the book doesn't end there, right? We're, actually, the book is just getting started, and the, and the lens of what um, God is talking about starts to narrow in on what's going to be the main point of the book, and we get this in, in chapter 2, verse 4 and 6. This is what the Lord says. For three sins of Judah and Israel. 
So now God has moved from these other nations around Israel, and he's narrowed it, and he said, no, when my justice comes, um, you, my people who are, are chosen, who are supposed to be a blessing, you perpetrate injustice and sin, and I need to talk with you. Imagine you're, you're watching a video. You've been watching the videos this week, um, and uh, you're, you're watching your favorite social commentator, your favorite uh, writer on this topic or things that are going on, whoever that is. So we all have some, someone we turn to in, in things like this, I imagine. Imagine you're watching a video of your favorite, uh, your favorite social commentator, and they're calling out all the people that you think are wrong to, right, in this, the bad guys in all of this, whoever, whoever you've thought that they are in the midst of this. And you just can't hit the like button fast enough uh, on this video. And then all of a sudden, through the screen, the, 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 the person you're watching points a finger at you and says, listen, you're part of the problem too. You're one of the bad guys in this as well. And, and imagine how you'd feel. Imagine the shock of that. That's what's happening here in the book of Amos. Is, is Israelites saw injustice everywhere in all the people out there, but inside of themselves, they did not see any injustice. And God, roaring and thundering from his holy temple, saw it everywhere, even in his own people. And he needed to start with them and deal with them first before true justice could come. And so he continues on in the book. And in chapter 5, verse 18, um, God says, Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Woe, why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. Now, the day of the Lord is this is this. This concept, it pops up in Scripture several times. I think this might actually be the first place it's really specifically mentioned in the Bible. But it's, it's this day when God will bring about ultimate justice. He will right wrongs. Judgment will come. Um, mercy will come on those who, who, who are, are deserving. But justice will come for those who, who are deserving of it as well. And Avis soberly is telling the people of Israel, you got to understand what this is going to look like when it comes. You, you have to have an understanding that this is not going to be a fun thing. God is, is not just about justice for the people you want him to be about. W- when justice comes, everyone is going to get swept up in that. Like the, the light of justice is going to shine on everybody. And it's not going to be a day where just the people you don't like, the people you think are the bad guys are going to get what's coming to them because God's justice is going to swallow everybody up. From the wokest of the woke to the law and order conservative, everyone is going to get wrapped up in this. Okay, And so this should unsettle you. And this is actually specifically what I was really unsettled by when I was reading through the book of Amos when I went through it a few months ago. I'd read the book before. I knew that's what happened. But for some reason, it stuck with me in a new way back then. And, and that had kind of been with me as, I, as we came into this week. And, and like I said, we, we can feel helpless in all of this. We, we can feel like we want justice to come. And that's good right? But we also don't know where do we start. How do we uh, see change happen, especially when many of us have no real um, power to cause change to happen? And I think when we, we read the book of Amos and we see how God approaches his people in it, we can start to get a sense of at least where to start, where, where the place is uh, that, that charts a course for us forward, kind of sets our trajectory. It doesn't necessarily tell us all the steps along that path, but it says what our heart needs to be as we start out on that journey. 
And so our first, uh, the first takeaway we have, the first point of application for us, is, is to sit with this and, and remember that the evil out there, the stuff that we're seeing that's been going on, whatever, whatever evil we're looking at, and there's been plenty of it to look at this week, has been really the explosion of, of, of the momentum of evil that has uh, been, been building and building and building for, for centuries in our country. Uh, that evil is in us too, and we have to reckon with that. Uh, we have to examine injustice, racism, and then the ways in which we all contribute to that. Okay, we we can't hide behind whatever banner we we hide behind, whatever that is, right? Uh, we we have to understand, it. and this is this is something that's throughout the whole Bible. This concept of what what Christian theologians have called original sin. Okay, Th- this this idea that that all of us are filled with the evil that we don't like. We have to, we have to understand that that's in all inside of all of us. Okay, and now this isn't a popular thing for us in our society. We 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 like to think everybody's good, um, except for the people we really don't like. And we're we're okay calling them evil, but everybody else we, we think is is probably pretty good and and not that bad. And especially us, right? We're just misunderstood. Maybe we're maybe just uh, uh, no no one gets us, right? But the Bible is saying we are all a part of this. We're all messed. If, if, if like if everyone if other people out there are messed up, that means we're messed up too. It just, but we're just being ignorant about that. We're just, we're just being biased. The scripture's witness has always been that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this is, is this true in this situation as it is in all things, right? If, 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 if other people out there that we look at are capable of injustice and racism, that means we are too. And we have to start by reckoning with that. Um, and if you don't believe me that, that everyone is kind of a part of this, like just, just look at, I mean, look at your social media uh, look at look at what's happening in the streets. Like everybody gets caught up in this. It it, it causes something um, uh, not right in our hearts to come out a lot of times in the midst of this. And and but more dangerously than that, I think, are the subtle ways that evil manifests in our hearts. Okay, but they're hidden so we don't recognize it. One way is is arrogance. Um, I'm calling out the bad people, so that makes me okay. Um, but that, that's a type of arrogance that says, like, I can't be a part of the problem in some way just because I'm noticing that something bad is going on out there. The Israelites were doing that too, and God still turned the lens on them as well. Okay, pride. Pride that says, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't give in to, to, to racism in some way. Or I'm not, I don't have any uh, tendencies or biases that, are, that, uh, that point towards maybe injustice or sin. Okay, the thing about pride is that it totally blinds us to our biases, Okay, that, that's why it's actually one of the most talked about sins in the whole Bible. Uh, maybe apathy, right? Maybe the apathy of caring enough to share on social media and getting some likes and feeling good about yourself, but then completely moving on. That's where many of us are at, is just uh, the, the sin of not caring, um, uh, of standing by silently while things continue to go on in the world, but we can shelter ourselves from them and so we don't worry about it. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, this even comes out in our best intentions a lot of times. Um, human history, I've heard people say, is just, um, it's, it's, like a, it's just falling off of one side of the horse, getting back on, and falling off the other side. It's like, even in our best intentions many times, we create new problems that, that cause um, sin or injustice in other places. And, and we have to reckon with even the best that we have oftentimes is going to fall short and just create new, new problems for us. The ways at which we attack things oftentimes end in, in, in new problems that we didn't foresee that cause new injustices or, or new sin. And so um, w- 
we have to recognize this evil. Now, now, what do we do when once we once we've recognized this, once we've sat in it and we've thought about um, what are the ways in which I'm wrapped up in this as well? That God's justice is showing me, God's justice coming is showing me that I'm a part of the problem in some way as well. Is we have to repent. We have to look at that and we have to turn from it. In Amos five six, um, Amos says, "Seek the Lord and live." And he will uh, sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will uh, devour them, and Bethel will have no one to quench it. Okay, so, so, so what Amos is saying is, is the, the thing that is going to, to be the right response to this, that will kind of keep it from coming, is repentance, seeking the Lord and living. And that's our second piece of application. Uh, radical change is only really going to start once people are, are willing to, to repent individually. Okay, the, the only response to God's sweeping justice then and now is repentance before God and then seeking life to come from that repentance. Okay? And and this so we're no longer helpless at this point. We we have a starting point. And I think like you this is good. We see a lot of this. We see a lot of people posting about sitting with their um with their understanding of maybe their own biases, the, the ways in which they've been ignorant to systematic injustice and racism in our world. And I think that's good. I think it's good. And the way that the Bible talks about this is to call us to go even further than that, though, uh, to call it out as, as sin and to repent before God of it. So when I, when, I, when I talk about repentance, I think this should be clear, but it's helpful to define our terms. I'm talking about working hard to become aware of specific sin and then turning away from it, literally turning in the other direction, walking in the opposite direction of that. Now, walking in an opposite direction will mean that we're doing stuff, right? We're walking in a way that's consistent with that turn. That's kind of, that's kind of the, the point of it. I can speak for myself, too, on this. Um, I have definitely had times in my life where I've been uh, I've oh, I've seen in myself like the ways in which my uh, my biases or, or my blindness has led to, to specific sin, and I'm not going to talk about it here. But I would be happy to talk about it with you if you want to hear one on one what that looked like for me. Um, I, I would actually be be totally happy to do that because I have um, been kind of embarrassed at the ways in which I, I've seen this come out in my life at different places. Um, and that's on top of my arrogance, my, my ignorance, my, the unintended consequences of things that I try to do that, that sometimes are not helpful, uh, and my unwillingness to lament and repent. I think that's one of our biggest, the biggest ways that we respond sinfully is trying to, trying to move on, trying to numb ourselves from it. Because we can, many of us can, um, and, and I think it's wrong for us to, to not respond in that way. Now here, here's the thing, here's, here's where repentance leads to life. All right, this is what God is talking about in, in Amos chapter 5, the way in which repentance gives, gives life. It's not just the one-off uh, thing. It actually leads to life coming out of it. Is that Okay, so here's the thing. Evil is devious and it's crafty. And, and this is why even victims maybe need to, to be prepared because evil wants to do harm, right? It wants to ruin people's lives, okay? But it doesn't just want to do that. It doesn't want to just make people do bad things. It wants to take the people who are harmed and it wants to twist them now into that uh, ugly image, to feel uh, anger, which is good, but then to create more evil. And so what happens is we get this cycle of evil that gets created and, 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 and everybody gets wrapped up in it and everyone responds in the wrong ways. Um, and that's, that's what evil's plan is. That, that's the goal, is to create this cycle where no life is coming, no life can flourish because the thing that keeps running back around and around and around is evil. And, 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 and so when we repent, when we turn from our sin, whether we're, we're, we're the victim, whether we're the oppressor, or whether for like many of us, we're... Um, we feel like it's just not our problem or we're not connected to it. 
um, it creates a space in her heart for God's reign to enter. Now, that, that, that reign uh, of life that comes into our hearts, where we become agents of reconciliation and peace and justice in God's world, it can't enter if there's not space for that. And we create the space in our hearts uh, by repenting, by turning from the sin that's there and creating a space now for God's love and justice to fill that spot. Okay, So if we don't repent, that means real change and real justice can't happen. Because the stuff in our heart that, that is still a part of the problem is not there. We haven't turned from it. We haven't run from it. Okay? And so large-scale repentance is going to break the cycle of evil in the world. That's how, that's how God intends repentance to work. Okay? Because it, it's people saying we're a part of the problem, and it doesn't let evil win by getting us to, to engage in it in more different ways. Whatever those look like, if they're on large-scale or small-scale things, it can't happen anymore because we've called the sin out and we've turned from it. And it carves out space in our hearts for the reign for the reign of God to come more and more, and for life and justice to follow it. Now, at Red City, our vision has always been to see people, our city, and the world made new in Christ, our Savior and King. And we we do that by proclaiming uh, Jesus as Savior and King, and by calling for repentance. And as people individually do that, the places in which they go from there start to be impacted uh, by that as they live it out. Only if they only if they live it out, but as they live it out, um, as they care now about reconciliation because they've been reconciled to God, as they care about justice because they've seen God's justice in their own hearts, um, as they turn from from sin, they can now see that sin in others and can work to undo it. Okay, that that's how God's change comes, and it starts with repentance. It starts with us doing that. Okay? And so however we're going to contribute to change, again, like I said, many of us are helpless. We don't know what to do. But as we move forward, we're going to be able to hopefully see ways in which we can contribute to making changes in society. Okay? So we can be transformed into agents of reconciliation and, and restoration and peace. So what we want to do now in the service is we want to actually give you some time to just sort of sit with that, to sort of think about what are ways in which I can be calling out sin in my own self and then repenting and turning from it. We're going to have some music, we're going to have some worship that you can follow along with on the screen um, and that you can um, sort of use to, to help you to so maybe prompt some of that repentance, um, prompt some of that, that meditation or thinking. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll turn to that now. We have the worship band over here. The, the camera's going to be on them now. Um, and um, so we invite you to, to be a part of that. And then we'll, we'll return and I'll kind of wrap things up. So in light of, of that, in, in light of um, us, us now uh, looking to our hearts in repentance, um, that's not where it ends and that's not where it stops. Um, we get hope in the book of Amos, although the, the book of Amos is not a fun book to read through. Um, and it is very, uh, very strong in its language of, of calling to, to turn uh, and calling out injustice. Um, we get some hope from the book because we see from it that God does something about evil. And that's our last point of application here is, is, is the hope that God does something about evil and injustice in the world. Um, we're all looking for justice right now. I don't think anyone's against that. That's been one of the encouraging things on social media is that um, many people are have been calling for justice to happen. Um, but even the best that we're going to get now, and I think we're, we're seeing this as the arrest starts to happen. We, we've seen it in other cases like this, that the best we're going to get is just a shadow now. Okay, we can hope for justice in the moment, but it's just, it's just a shadow of what it, it could be. Okay? It's good that, that the officer was arrested and he, he was charged. Um, but it doesn't, even if he, he is, he's convicted, even if he gets the, the, the penalty that, that many of us hope he does, um, 
it's not going to bring George Floyd back. It's not going to bring Philando Castile back. It's not going to bring Ahmad Arbery back. It's not going to bring um, Eric Garner back. It's not going to bring Trayvon Martin back. It's not going to bring back any of the, any of these people, any of the justice that that happens now. And it's just a reminder of the incompleteness of justice now in the world. And so while we hope for, for change and for justice to happen here, and we, sh- we, f- we should fight for it, I think we're called to by God to fight for it here and now, um, God's justice, when we talk about that happening even on earth, we're talking about something that is, is, a, is a grand scale making right of things. And so remember, we talked about that day of the Lord um, in Amos. Um, on the day of the Lord, Jesus will, will return, and he will actually render judgment for evil and, and, and make it undone. Now I know sometimes um, people read the Bible and they think God is like a he's a cranky old um, angry guy who who just doesn't like uh, things happening in his world and just doesn't let people go do what they want. I think on weeks like this we can understand where God's anger comes from, right? I think we can kind of move past that shallow understanding of justice and and wrath, and we can get a sense for for why it is that God thunders from His temple. We can get an understanding of what God's heart is um, when we look at weeks like this. And we can maybe get a better sense for why we have hope that God does justice um, and, and why he's angry. Now, God's justice does work now, like I said. And, and for the people of Israel in the book of Amos, they actually go into exile. That's actually part of what happens to them. But their ultimate hope is in something else. Um, it, it's not in necessarily justice taking place in the moment now, though we hope for that, we pray for that. Um, and it's not just for the, for us to just repent in the moment, um, but it's for us to be uh, forgiven. For us, it's for us to find grace in the midst of that and for, for, for what, what punishment needs to be taking place for that to happen as well. Um, on the day of the Lord, all will be made right. But that's not all that's going to happen uh, in that time. Uh, God is going to create something brand new. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be a place that we're going to get to to enjoy uh, as we repent, um, as we seek Him out. Uh, it's going to be a place that is filled with with life. Remember, we talked about how when we seek God, we will find life. Uh, we find it in the present, but we will ultimately find it in the future, in a world that is that is free from injustice, that is free from the oldness of the world. Uh, Amos, the book finishes um, in, in chapter nine, verse thirteen. Um, the days are coming, declares the Lord. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. Now, what he's talking about here is this idea of, of new wine flowing, and that signals a new world coming to birth and celebration and, and, and happiness and joy and peace being uh, sort of the nature of that world, the fundamental uh, sort of aspect of it is that celebration comes from it. Um, you can only do so much with old wine, right? You can only do so much with wine that is, that is not good. And, and we, we find that in our world, right? We can only do so much in a world that is broken, uh, where even our best intentions often uh, lead to new problems, uh, where um, there, are, there are roadblocks at every turn, it seems like. And, and, and we see this. I think we're aware of it. I think we understand that, right? It's because we're living with all this old wine. We can't, we can't get new life out of it. But a time is coming when new wine will be what everyone is drinking. Um, and, and, and justice won't be a shadow. Uh, it won't be incomplete. Instead, injustice will be a shadow, something only half remembered maybe, as we celebrate what God has done in bringing about true justice and true life in the world. And we need in this moment more than ever to remember how that new world is possible. 
okay? That, that world is only possible um, because uh, God enters into human injustice as Jesus, where he suffers from a, a similar type of police brutality, uh, where he is unjustly accused in an unjust system, where evil does its worst to him and where he takes all the sin on himself. Think about all the sin that we have seen to d- in this week, right? And in the weeks leading up to it, think about all the evil that we see and we feel so presently right now, whether it's in us or it's out there. The weight of that was bearing down on Jesus as he suffered like a criminal as a result of an unjust system, uh, experiencing police brutality, where evil does its worst to him, where evil sits on him uh, like, like a knee on the neck, thinking that it was sucking the life out of him and ending God's um, uh, plans to bring justice and hope and life to the world. Okay, That's what evil was trying to do to Jesus in that time as well. But we have hope because he would not stay dead and he rose again, securing new life for us. We have hope that Jesus defeats injustice in his death and his resurrection, and we have hope that wine will flow from all the hills because of the blood that flows from his body as he takes all that on himself, as he empathizes with the sufferer, as he understands them, and as he comes alongside them and says to them, um, I understand, and my victory means your victory. My hope means your hope. My life means your life. And so that is what we're going we're gonna to close by uh, celebrating today, is the hope that we have in the one who also suffered unjustly, the one who, who took the brunt of evil on himself, and who now sits at the throne of God, uh, bringing justice and life and hope for all of us.